Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 72, a podcast for marketing managers or sales professionals who are using HubSpot or considering using HubSpot. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is my co-host Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. Craig, how are you on this very special evening, which is your 20th wedding anniversary? Yes, thank you. Uh, I am very well. Had a great day, had a good week and yeah, thank you to my lovely wife for letting us record tonight. Now, this episode, we're going to say it's all about growth bot wisdom, setting HubSpot owners, and should you use pop-up forms? Yeah, so a shot one inbound thought of the week. We've just got a screenshot there. We've been playing with growth bot, and thanks to Justin Thing for um, this idea. It's pretty cool. So you go into growth bot, which is Darmesh's pet little uh, chat bot, and it's uh, you can and get you can it. do that on Facebook Messenger, Facebook Messenger, or in the new HubSpot yeah. app. Yes. And yeah, you can just ask it questions and play with it. And we've got a screenshot there. So a bit of fun there for you. That's right. We ask a very poignant question. Who do you like better, Brian or Damesh? <laughs> and growth bot. <laughs> no dummy there. <laughs> this is, I'm not smart enough to answer that. Yeah. So we put that on Instagram. It was good to see Brian Halligan like that on Instagram as well. Yes. Thanks, Brian. So there we go. That's our inbound thought of the week. Very educational. And we hope Damesh likes it. Yes. All right, on to our marketing feature of the week, Craig. Now, we tied this back to something we talked about last time when we were emailing people and about the importance of having the HubSpot owner set in the CRM, which often it is not set, and doing that because when you email people, you actually email from the person that actually owns that contact in HubSpot. So it doesn't get stuck in people's promotional email box, but it's actually coming from the person that they have a relationship with. So we're going to talk about how we do this and why why it's really important. And there are a few different ways of doing this that we can show you. So, Craig, what's the first way? Yeah, so we've we've split them up. Uh, there's lots of ways actually. You can do it from the marketing side, or you can actually do it from the contact uh, from the so, CRM so. side. Yeah. So, firstly, from the marketing side, you might want to create a smart list and just use a criteria which is all contacts where the HubSpot owner is unknown. Is unknown, and that'll give you the list. And we've got a screenshot. I'll show you that. And then there's a couple of ways. Now, first of all, you could individually edit each contact if you wanted to. You could go into them and edit them. Yes. That's the first way. Probably not the way we'd recommend. You can uh, enroll them in a workflow and then set them. Yeah, this is a good way to do. So you could actually just set a workflow that runs just to catch these. But normally you'd probably try and catch it at the point that the contact's put in. Just make it part of a, a workflow for any new contact that goes in the other thing that actually that um, workflows allow you can actually rotate owners yes you can so this is actually a nice addition to hubspot uh, probably only six months ago i think they added this where you could actually you don't actually have to set it to just one owner you can rotate them yes through this so that's really nice and there is another way of doing it craig where you can actually do a select and update the owner to the bulk edit? Yes. Yeah. So that's moving to the sales side, the CRM side. You can uh, do a, they don't call it smart lists, what they call it, views in Correct. CRM. Yeah. And yeah, you could individually edit each one or you can do the bulk edit. And that's what I really like the CRM for. Yes. It, it's almost like if there's one reason you should enable CRM on your marketing, you know, you've got HubSpot marketing, you should enable CRM. It's so that you can go in and use bulk edit. Yeah. And you know what? It just makes it really easy for somebody to quickly get through a lot of these things and because people spend a lot of time especially sales spend a lot of time updating information it's something like 40 percent of their time is spent updating data 
Excellent point. Yeah. And just finally, we should mention you, when you're importing, so often when contacts get imported from a, yes. a, a file, you can actually set the HubSpot owner at that point. That's, that's right. Always good, good practice as well. Yes. All right. On to our HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is something that's been in the CRM for a, about two weeks now. And it's about having child companies in the HubSpot CRM. So, example, you have a parent, and I'd liken this to, let's say, we've got McDonald's, and McDonald's has a whole bunch of franchises around. And say we deal with all the franchises, but the head or the parent companies, McDonald's, you can actually set that in HubSpot so you can have those as child relationships when dealing with them and not have them as individual entities, but relate them back to the mothership, so to speak. Yeah, that's right. This is a biggie, this feature. I think it's kind of not getting the attention that it warrants because no, you're right. when we've dealt with customers in the past looking at HubSpot CRM and maybe they're in a Salesforce, uh, they've got that tool, one of the key things that comes up is parent-child and HubSpot hasn't had it. And that's one use case, the franchise model. We often find it with government departments. You've got um, various departments yes. and, you know, a HubSpot owner for each of them. By the way, we should mention the, the, the key advantage that you want with parent-child is because you have different owners for different divisions. So that's why it's so useful. Otherwise, they all used to get lumped under one yes. person and then, well, that's not the owner, that, you know, the, the other guy that's over right. there manages or Sally is managing that team. So this is why it's so important and this is why it's such a big thing. So this is no longer just a, a small business CRM. This is actually putting it much more up into that mid to large and possibly, I wouldn't say it's an enterprise tool yet, but uh, that mid to large CRM, it's it's really uh, getting the features that make it applicable there. So, Craig, let me put this to you. Say we were dealing with a big company and we were have dealing with sales, the sales division, we were dealing with the product sales division, we were dealing with different divisions of that company. Would it be a good idea to set them up as separate entities, as children of the main company, if we were dealing with specific people in those entities or still relate them back to the... Well, it, it'd be case by case. I would say it, it depends whether you've got a different owner for each of them. Yes. So if you're dealing with each of the different departments, probably isn't going to give you that much value. But yeah. if you've got different account managers, for example, maybe it, that maybe it does make sense. Yeah. Normally, it's like who you're selling into or who you're invoicing to. I think that's where it's yeah, that's where the key piece. But if it's the one company and you know there's one invoice going to them, maybe not. Yeah. Okay. Good point. On to our cafe consulting, Craig. Oh, just a quick reminder that 8th of March, you can book in with us, 30 minutes with Ian and myself, to go through any questions you have about HubSpot or ideas or tips or maybe a top 10, which we've got coming up in a sec. That's right. So book that in. Don't be afraid to come and talk to us. We don't bite. All right, on to our opinion of the week, Craig. Now, this is a very interesting blog post from HubSpot, and it's about the pop-up form analysis that they've done. So... We're going to make this our opinion and have a bit of discussion because there is a lot of discussion going on around pop-ups and how that's affecting and how Google's treating that. So HubSpot had a really good piece of content in October last year which said, should marketers use pop-up forms and a comprehensive analysis to this? Yeah, it's a good blog post to read. They give some industry stats. And, you know, we touched on this last week because I, I don't like pop-ups. I'm really against them. And I have this kind of bias where even when you show me data that they're 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 effective i kind of question it and so this is why it's in opinion of the week but at least in that blog post they said that they've done studies and you can get conversion rate increases of 9.3 percent now that you can't you can't say that's a bad thing right You're that's right. it's these, a bit irrefutable isn't it yeah it's converting so my question though because i'm so against pop-ups so this is my bias my question is 
okay, you get more leads, but are they good quality leads? So I guess that's what I wanted to throw in the debate because sometimes it's quality versus quantity. Now, case by case, if you're in a case where you just need leads, okay, quantity is the focus. Maybe pop-ups are applicable. If you're about quality, and I would suggest you're about good user experience, I'm actually always going to push away. I much prefer slide-ins. Yeah, so what is interesting in this post is, I mean, it would technically class a pop-up as a slide-in, which is used in lead-in, right? And I think it's really all lead forms as it is now. I think that's really interesting because clearly we've done a lot of testing around lead forms and the conversion it generates. And I think it's a good, and we use it on our site. We use it on lots of customer sites. And I think that's that's the real key thing here is are we hampering someone's experience or are we enhancing their experience by giving them that slide in box and at what point we're going to give them? I think that's really the key. And one of the other things I thought was really interesting is like we were talking about like these pop-ins or pop-ups not to suck, right? So one of the things that they were actually saying is that having a really well-crafted message is really key. You know, not say, hey, subscribe to our blog, but maybe something like, are you enjoying this article? Do you want to read more of this when it comes out? So just even change that messaging can make such a big difference to people's experience of that pop-up. Yeah, well, I definitely agree with that. And the blog post is is well worth reading. Now, keep in mind, this is promoting lead-in, their product. Well, yeah, they call it lead-in because the article is from last year before they rebranded it you know, with uh, HubSpot. Oh, it's time for a blog update, Craig. It, they do. <laughs> All that. They need to repurpose, repurpose that content. content. <laughs> That's right. But so they're promoting, obviously, a tool that enables pop-ups. So, of course, they're going to be pro for it. But with even with that in mind, they did outline good suggestions and that's one making it applicable and we've been saying this i guess ever since we've been talking about lead flows targeting them specifically per pages so i definitely agree with that i wanted to throw in one anecdote because we've been using lead flows a lot yes and on one customer we've been getting very high conversions but the lead quality has been low okay so we actually this is just an anecdote i don't actually have stats that i can right you know present at any point but we went from just first name email to first name last name email company name so we added two fields okay now leadflow has a maximum of four fields yes. i'd like to add more actually like phone number however we couldn't do that we just found the conversion rate definitely went down like noticeably we're going are we getting less just by adding two fields yeah but was the quality higher but the quality was higher okay we felt that that was because we were asking for more that was a kind of it screening was a, it was a, a screening or qualifying piece yeah and some people just put in rubbish company names because they just want to get the asset. Not as many. But anecdotally, that just showed to me, well, actually quality is important. And the sales team there have actually said, oh, yeah, they're better now just by that. So it's actually almost as though if we wanted to increase conversion rates, if it was just about leads, yes. you know what? I'd take three fields off and just have one, just okay. their email address. Yes. And, oh, ta-da, I've increased conversion rate by, you know. Yes. It's all about the stats and we know how misleading that is. So I guess part of this opinion of the week piece is really about, okay, making sure there's a balance between user experience and also what's quality. the goal. And yes. quality is often the goal. Yeah, and I'll read one stat that we've got out of this is that studies show that 9.3% increase in conversions when using pop-ups. So this can be obviously slide-ins, welcome mats, all sorts of different things, you know, the header barber at the top where it has the offer or the sign-up, and I think that's really the key. All right, Craig, on to our creative top 10 of the week. 
Yeah, so it's my time to give you a challenge. I'll just remind listeners what this section is. We've been challenging each other to come up with 10 creative ideas each episode on a particular challenge. Now, this all goes back to flexing our creative muscles. So coming up with three ideas is pretty easy. Coming up with 10 is hard work. It is. And <laughs> this week's challenge. So this is, this is a challenge. Come, give me 10 creative headlines for a blog post about employee onboarding using an intranet. What have you got for me? Well, five was easy. The next five were hard, Craig. But anyway, we, we got through it, and I think I had to do a bit of research in between, and that was also an interesting experience. One thing he did make me realize out of all of this was that usually I go about writing blog posts and then thinking about what title I'm going to put to it. I think I'm going to do this next time. I'm going to write 10 headlines and then actually write, go about writing my blog post. Yeah, so that's a really good might, idea. Might actually change what I write about. All right, so here we go. Number one. Seven, I thought, I forgot a great way to start. Seven ways your intranet can help you with onboarding new staff. Yep. Number two, want to know the most effective employee onboarding tool we use? Did you click on that, Craig? I really like that one, yes. All right, number three, three ways to use an intranet to onboard a staff quicker. Number four, want to know how to onboard staff in half the time? Number five, how to 2x staff engagement when onboarding them? I always love the 2x, yep. Should be 10x, Greg. 10x would be great. <laughs> anyway, number six, want to know how we avoid problems when onboarding new staff. Yeah, I like that. Call out to pain. Yes. Yeah, people want to avoid pain. Yeah. Number seven, managers. Here is how to save time with employee onboarding. Yep. Saving time, reducing costs, always a good call. Yep. Calling okay. out that persona. Yep. All right. Save your, number eight, save yourself $11,000 per employee when using this tool to onboard them. Nice. I, I, and I picked up this stat from doing a bit of research um, of the cost of actually having somebody leave an organization and then having to fill them again. That was the cost that they'd calculated from a survey. Oh, nice. That's really good. Number nine, want to save time and have a consistent process with employee onboarding. And number 10, see how we transform staff onboarding with the system. Oh, nice. I always like that kind of look over my shoulder. Yes. Blog post title. That's, yeah, I'll, I'll just let you in on something. Yeah. Correct. We I all like want it. to be let in on something, don't we? Yeah. Okay, nice. Thanks for that. That's good. So w- w- were you really straining when you got to 10? Uh, after five, I really had to strain. Actually, yeah. at, at five, I actually went to do some research on the topic. Yeah, right. To understand what were the pains that people had when onboarding. Nice. And I really like it how you say, well, maybe I'll start with this process. Then that that informs how we write about it. Nice. There we go. All right, people, on to our Shot 7, which is our podcast of the week. And this is actually a recommendation by somebody we know. Yes, this is a listener. Thanks, Sue Ellen. And uh, thanks for listening as well. So she put me on to this episode of uh, Digital Marker, which we've mentioned in the show before. Yes. This particular episode on how to use Facebook Messenger ads. Now, it's a really useful uh, episode, and I'm just getting into this now. I okay. want to try this whole Messenger advertising. So we don't have time to go into that, what it is now, and because I don't have actually any results to say, oh, we've used it and tested it, it's great or anything, I you know, don't want to talk too much about it. But this is like the next opportunity. Yes. I really want to jump on this. So I'm going to encourage everybody, go listen to that podcast on, on your computer, on your subscribe to it on iTunes. 
go listen to it, take something away, go and implement and test and come back with a result. And that's what we're going to aim to do with, with our clients and share some of those results on this podcast with you. All right, on to our resource of the week. And this is um, a really, how would I say, it's, it's chock. Chock a block with stuff, right? <laughs> Chock a block. <laughs> Marketing statistics from HubSpot, right? And this page has been around in a, uh, it's, it's been around for ages actually. And because I've actually picked market statistics, it's been updated recently from what I can tell with the kind of the new format of here's statistics with some nice slides in between and they've kind of categorized it into SEO, sales, marketing, etc. So I'm going to pick out two things from this um, statistic page. First one is to do it demand generation statistics and it says nearly 80 percent of companies not meeting their revenue goals attract 10,000 monthly website visitors or less for those exceeding their revenue goals 70 percent report attracting more than 10,000 visitors per month and this is some from hubspot in 2015 and i thought this is really interesting that is interesting that we can say that's the new 10,000 hour or that's right Here's the 10,000 visit goal. Yes. Um, and this is really interesting. Like, obviously, there's a lot of data that HubSpot has. And this kind of demonstrates. And I think this demonstrates how when they talk about, you know, when you create your offers, create your landing pages, and the more prolific you are with that and the more specific you are with that and the bigger the net you create, the greater the chance of attracting that more traffic and converting them. So I think kind of ties in hand in hand with what yeah and i suspect it's deeper than that because if you're getting that amount of traffic it means you're actually putting proper systems in place so it's more indicative that you've actually got a strategy rather than just some ad hoc kind of tactics yeah yeah all right and the next one is about selling craig do you want to fire away yeah this is another good one so only 29 percent of people want to talk to a salesperson to learn more about a product while 62 percent will consult a search engine so i think that's right and we've seen that stat before about how they only engage and actually make contact towards the end of their buyer's journey so some good stats there you know what i'll say about marketing stats here's a tip for marketing managers right you're preparing a presentation for the board or for some new initiative people love stats Yes. So you go to this link, which is hubspot.com slash marketing statistics. You go and find a stat and then you weave a story around it because people love stats. They think that's authority, but they forget the stat. They just remember that there was a stat. So you always want to back it up, but then they remember the story. So there you go, marketing managers for your next marketing (laughs) presentation. Even even for sales people, Mm. there are great sales statistics in there about percentage of CRM users, how how much people benefit from using CRM, and all these things that ties into sales and really encourage people in sales to go have a look, get that, you know, get those statistics, build a story around that and share that with people. We have gained customers from sharing statistics that really hit the hot buttons in them and get them to talk to us. So it definitely works. All right, Craig, on to our quote of the week. And this is from Mr. Brian Halligan. Yes, this is a good quote on Twitter, actually. And we've got the screenshot there. Do you want to read it out? Yeah, he's got three lines. Very simple. He says, it is increasingly easy to make everything. This creates more supply with the same demand. This makes it increasingly hard to sell stuff. Obviously true. Good quote. And so then the, the, the thing to think about is, so what's the takeaway from this? That's the reality. It's all about adding value, isn't it? Because you can make stuff, but if it's not adding 
value. It might be increasing supply in that yes. market, but value is what separates you. So use a platform well, but add value via that platform. Correct. Always be helping. All right, Craig, on to our random thought of the week. Yeah. You know, I, I was telling you this before. I, I had this song in my head. I couldn't, I just had this faint, I couldn't quite, you know, couldn't even quite hear it. And I thought the lyric was, I never felt so cold. I can just hear a little bit. So I put it into Google, song lyric, I never felt so cold. And it came up with a result. And we've got a screenshot there, I think the fourth or fifth result. And it pointed, it found the song for me. And it actually never had anything to that do with song, being cold, did it? That song doesn't have that lyric in it. And the actual lyric is, I never felt so wrong. Yeah. Right? But Google found it for me. So here's the random thought of the week. Google is smarter. It's so smart. It's smarter than even I expected. And you find that quite often, don't you? It's like, I don't, I, it's kind of like this. I'll ask Google and it gets the result. Try asking Siri that. Yeah, that's Siri's right. Siri's got no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get there. Do you know what was interesting? I had a conversation. Oh, there was, I think we've created another site for something I was doing. Couldn't remember the URL. And somebody, somebody I do some work with who actually works at Google was trying to find it. And then she said, oh, I should just Google that. And I'll find it. And she did, right? She found it in two minutes while I was going, what is that URL? And I kept typing in the wrong URL. I was like, I should have just gone to Google and typed it in. So clearly, evidently, it's working. Yeah, Google knows intent. And so I guess this is often, uh, we can use this with our writing. We write around a topic to solve a problem. And this, you know how people get so fixated on keywords? It's almost like that's becoming less of a concern because if you write around and solve that problem, the exactly. intent, Google knows the intent. Yes. And, uh, yeah, anyway, Google, far too smart. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. We've got lots of links and things that we're reading at the end of our show notes. So please do have a look at it, uh, subscribe, and be informed when the show gets released. We would love to hear from you. Be a part of our Facebook group. Uh, join the conversation with other people who are using HubSpot or are considering using HubSpot, and we'd love to be of assistance to the community and be of help. Craig, until next week. Catch you later, Ian. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.